Hey there, Vikings Nation. Get ready to dive deep into the Skull state of mind. Join our host, D. Woods, as he shares his unfiltered takes on all things Vikings. From expert game analysis to player controversies and everything in between. If you love the Vikings for better or worse, then you've come to the right place. So grab a drink and let's talk all things purple and gold. This is the Skull State of Mind Podcast. Welcome to the Skull State of Mind Podcast. I'm your host, D. Woods. And thank you for tuning in to our newest episode of this podcast. Um, first off, I want to give a shout out to everybody out there that's been subscribing to the YouTube channel, liking the videos, and also commenting on the videos. I try my hardest to get in there and, you know, reply to all your comments, but I really appreciate it that you guys do that. Also, I just started a Skull State of Mind TikTok page. There's not a lot of videos on it right now, but in the future, I will be posting way more content on TikTok. But just to let you guys know, I still will be posting content on Instagram, uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, and also on my Facebook uh, page. So thank you guys for, you know, subscribing, liking the channel um following us on social media platforms is much appreciated but let's get into the show all right joint practices with the Arizona Cardinals I'm gonna be honest with you I saw a couple of videos flying around social media you know reading a little comments online about about joint practices I mean I'm like damn like are the Vikings that much better than the Arizona Cardinals I understand, you know, nobody's really predicting the Cardinals to do much this year, considering Kyler Murray is hurt. I mean, shit, everybody's been basically saying that the Cardinals are probably going to have the top pick in the draft. I mean, the way these joint practices have been going on this first day, you can see why they are probably going to get a top pick in this coming draft. I mean, it, it looks like the, the Minnesota Vikings are like worlds away from the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm really not going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals joint practice too much. We're going to rewind that to the last practice, and I will be doing a video directly after the Arizona Cardinals game, you know, and probably release that one on my thoughts because that will be the Minnesota Vikings' final preseason game, and we'll have a little bit of time before, you know, roster cuts and everything like that. So we'll talk about it a little bit more. I just don't want to, you know, talk too much about the Arizona Cardinals joint practice as of right now. So this is probably one of the number one trending topics right now. And here's my take on it. All right. So we all found out that the 49ers have, you know, said Brock Purdy is number one, Sam Darnold is number two, and Trey Lance is number three. I mean, number three on a, de on a depth chart when they basically traded up to get him, it is what it is. I mean, sometimes you in the draft, you win and you lose. Sometimes you draft great players that's going to be there, if, you know, be considered a franchise player. Sometimes you don't. It's it's the pick of the draft. It's a crapshoot. It is what it is. But I know you guys thinking, like, how does this relate to us Viking fans? Well, everybody's talking about trade for Lance, trade for Lance, trade for Lance. I don't know if that is – the best option as of right now. Honestly, I probably would have wanted to trade for Trey Lance last year because you got to think about it like this, like 
if you trade for him now, he has two more contract years, right? So he has one contract year where basically he'll be understudy to Kirk Cousins. He'll be Kirk Cousins backup. He can learn from Kevin O'Connell, whatever. That sounds that sounds great, right? But then you got that next year, five million. That's not a lot or whatever. But considering whatever happens with Kirk, let's say Kirk leaves. I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance would do a quote-unquote holding with the Minnesota Vikings and demand that he gets some kind of security with a new contract. I understand you'd be like, well, why would he do that? He hasn't really played. He hasn't really shown anything. But think about it like this. If the Minnesota Vikings trade for Trey Lance right now, he's not playing this season unless they trade Kirk. And you got to remember Kirk Cousins has a no trade clause. So if they trade for Trey Lance right now, he would be Kirk Cousins' backup. So next season, if the Vikings decide to let Kirk Cousins walk, you put your eggs in one basket and you allow yourself to basically be at the mercy of Trey Lance. He can say, I want a new contract. I want an extension. Because that's the quarterback that you traded for. You traded him for this moment right now. Like, it's not a bargain of what it would would have been maybe two years ago. So I'm kind of, I will say I'm 50-50 on the Trey Lance thing because of the contract situation. And also you got to understand too, TJ Hawkinson has signed his contract. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Justin Jefferson hasn't signed his contract extension. And then you got to think about Christian Derisaw down the line. And this is just players that probably are going to break the bank, quote unquote. But you have to consider that. So me going forward, I don't know what Trey Lance is. He hasn't played enough. I mean, he's still relatively he's real young. He can be developed. And I I somewhat, somewhat believe in Kevin O'Connell that he can do that. But you will be asking for a contract disaster because you will put your eggs in one basket next season. And Trey Lance can dictate what he wants next season. And I don't think that's something the Minnesota Vikings should do. All right. Going ahead. TJ Hawkinson holding. So there are reports talking about TJ Hawkinson. You know, he wants to reset the market. You know, just back it up a little bit. First, TJ Hawkinson wasn't practicing because he had an ear infection. His equilibrium was off. I understand that. I was like, okay, cool. You know, shit happens or whatever. Then he's supposed to come back. Now he has back stiffness. And the only person, well, only people who actually reported that it's actually a contract issue. Score North reported it a couple of days ago. And then it's a report in the athletic. No other media outlets have confirmed, you know, that it is a contract dispute. If it is, you know, speculation that it is, I mean, I'm not too mad at the brother. I'm not because he's probably top 10 tight end in the league. And you got to understand with these agents, like these agents, they want to reset the market for their clients. Like as an agent, they want to go ahead and say, look at what I got, my guy. I got my guy the highest contract in NFL history for his position. And then you know what happens next year? The next agent tops that and says, look, 
I got my client the highest paid at his position now. So somebody is going to reset the market. I mean, maybe it's TJ Hawkinson, but we don't know. Do I think TJ Hawkinson is worth it? Maybe. Maybe. I would like to see TJ Hawkinson in this offense. You know, I really want to see TJ Hawkinson have a legit offseason, but it looks like that's not going to happen because he hasn't really practiced, you know, in training camp. So I want, I wanted to see what he could do, you know, this upcoming year, not just coming to the team in the trade deadline. I mean, he did really great last year, you know, on short notice. So I was like, damn, training camp, TJ Hawkinson going to come out there and ball out. You know, he's going to know the system. He's going to know where he's supposed to be at. But it seems like we're not getting that. It seems like the contract situation is holding it up. And I'm not the person to be like saying he's wrong for holding out or holding in for his contract situation. Like I do understand like how it is like playing football is really dangerous and you got to secure, you know, your financial freedom for your family going forth, going forward. So I'm not going to be on this podcast. I'm not going to be on social media saying that any player deserves X, Y, and Z or whatever. I'm just going to give you my opinion on a topic and let you know how I see it you know, as an outlook because, hey, if you're a player out there and you feel like your worth is is X amount of dollars, go get that money. Like, I'm I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, players can pay too much. Like, go get that money because the last thing I want is for someone who doesn't do what I do showing up at my job telling me, hey, you shouldn't get paid as much because X, Y, and Z. But let's get back on the topic with, with um, TJ Hawkinson. I think they should get it done as soon as possible, you know, to get him to start practicing. I understand he probably won't play in a preseason game because it's the last one, but I just really want him to get acclimated, you know, back into playing football. But that opens up another topic that I really want to talk about. Kwesi Adolfa Menza, a.k.a. Moneyball. And I'm going to ask you all a question. Do you really trust crazy running the front office because let's be honest he hasn't extended anybody currently on the team besides Kirk Cousins and now with just the cap situation to kind of bring more cap last year but he hasn't extended anybody we can't say the Neil Hunter got an extension because all the Neil Hunter did was get more money this season and he's a free agent next year right so he hasn't extended any players. He hasn't extended TJ Hawkinson, as we just talked about. He hasn't extended Justin Jefferson. Like, what's going on? What's going on with that? And I'm really starting to question Quasi Adolfo Mensa's like tactics in the front office. Like, sometimes you get what you ask for. I was a big Rick Spillman guy, tricky Ricky. But if you think about the way Rick Spillman kind of ran the team with the contracts like if you balled out and you was a player on the team and you know your contract was due there wasn't holdouts there wasn't franchise tags like rick spielman kind of paid the players he drafted and sometimes yeah it was to a detriment but if i was a player coming in like shit i rick spielman draft me because i know if i ball out for the team i'm probably going to get an extension but we don't know that with Quasi. Like, this is only his second season as 
you know, the head chief in charge, you know, the general manager or whatever. And we still can't like figure out the way he's going to like run this team or the way he's currently running this team. Like, to be honest with you, I don't know what the hell is going on. I would have thought that Quazy would have re-signed TJ to an extension, you know, a long time ago. But just think about it like this. He kind of botched the deal with Dalvin Cook. He could have he could have cut Dalvin Cook earlier and freed up more cap space at the beginning of the preseason. I mean, he could have traded Zadarius Smith, you know. I mean, well, he could have started, excuse me, he could have cut Zadarius Smith at the beginning of the offseason to save money, but he was waiting for a trade. So, like, those kind of things with me, like, it bothers me because I tell people all the time, like, sometimes you just got to pull the trigger, you know, and do what you got to do and do what's best for your team. Like, if they really had no intention of bringing Dalvin Cook back, you know, this year and they was going to give him a low number, at a certain point, it was – Better just to cut him and have that cap space at the beginning of the season. Zedaria Smith didn't want to come back because of the money that he was going to be making this coming season. So they shouldn't have just cut him. So I think like Quazy, his mentality of like holding on to certain situations and trying to get like the best value, like that's the stock market. That's the stock market. That's not going to always work in professional sports and especially football because you wait so long and you're waiting for a trade you're waiting for the best offer to come through that best offer might not never come through and now you're stuck just like with dalvin cook like you have no choice but to cut him now because you don't want him to come back and you don't want him to have a holdout or whatever so you have to cut him like i don't know what crazy thinking is but at this point it's like i mean i wish we had rick spillman right now because I feel like Rick Spillman knew I don't want no distractions coming into the upcoming offseason. Like, let's take care of all this stuff now and then the offseason to where things don't linger. So all we can do is play football. Like, I understand people are going to have a different opinion. Like, oh, Rick, he drafted this, he drafted that. But he paid his players, man. Like, Anthony Barr got another contract. Uh, Everson Griffin got a contract. Uh, I mean, uh, Xavier Worlds got a contract. Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, um, Cal Rudolph. I mean, shit, he even brought in Kirk Cousins. I just don't know what Quazy's thought process is now because this is supposed to be like your star tight end, your number one tight end, and he's basically doing a hold-in, and I don't understand that shit. Like, I... I really don't. Lewis Seen and Jimmy Smith comparisons. I understand what you're saying. How can you compare a wide receiver to a safety? Well, we're not going to compare their skill sets or their position. We're actually going to compare their paths in the NFL. As of right now, I understand that Lewis Seen is probably one of the most polarizing players on the Minnesota Vikings. That's granted because he is Quasi Adolfo Menza's first pick as him becoming the GM of the Minnesota Vikings. So that first pick is always going to be more scrutinized if it's if people feel it's not panning out or whatever. So while I'm saying Lewis Seen is one of the most polarizing players on the team as of right now, because you're either on one side by saying 
hey, let's wait it out. He can pan out and be a consistent starter, or better yet, he can be a contributor on this team down the line. Or you're on the other side by saying, hey, Quasi whiffed on this pick. He's a bust. He can't stay healthy. He can't even get on the field. That's un- I understand that. But what I've been thinking for the past couple of days is how can I, you know, have a discussion, you know, with something different that people are not even thinking about. And this is what I bring up. The topic was Lewis scene and Jimmy Smith comparisons. So let's dive into it. Jimmy Smith was drafted in 1992 to the Dallas Cowboys in the second round with the 36 pick. Now, that's number 36 in the second round. Lewis Seen was drafted in the first round with the 32nd pick to the Minnesota Vikings. So that's only four spots off. So considering, you know, Lewis Seen was drafted at the bottom of the draft and Jim, at the bottom of the first round, excuse me, and Jimmy Smith was drafted at the top of the second round, not too far off. So that basically, you know, you, if you really think about it, that Jimmy Smith probably had the talent and skill set to be drafted within the first round, but he fell out mainly probably because small school, whatever. But that's something that we're not going to get into. So let's get into, you know, more of the stats and facts or whatever. So he was drafted in 1992 to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, 92, this is the Dallas Cowboys heyday, Super Bowls, you know, all that shit. Right. So in the preseason of his first season, he breaks his fibula. He rehabs, gets back on the field, but he never sees any offensive snaps during the season or the playoffs because he's the fourth receiver on the depth chart behind Michael Irvin, Alvin Harper and Kelvin Martin. Right. They win a Super Bowl. Whatever. He never gets to really play on offense. Just a special teamer at that. Who does that remind you of? Right. So let's keep going. 1993. Jimmy Smith comes back. You know, one of the other receivers ahead of him leaves in free agency. So now he's the third receiver on a depth chart. Well, something happens in preseason. You know, he starts feeling a pain in the side. He ends up having an appendectomy, an emergency appendectomy for appendicitis, and that second season is over. Now, we're not going to get into the bickering between Jimmy Smith's camp, you know, the Player Association, or the Dallas Cowboys. To make a long story short, they end, the Dallas Cowboys ended up cutting him straight out after his second season. Now, he eventually latches on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, that's what we know Jimmy Smith as, a Jacksonville Jaguar. Now, as of right now, Jimmy Smith is still the Jacksonville Jaguars all-time leading receiver. I'm going to just throw out his receiving stats that he, you know, put up. 862 receptions. 12,287 receiving yards and 67 touchdowns, not to mention five Pro Bowls. All right. So, what I'm trying to say is basically just because a player is drafted and we might not necessarily get to see them, 
you know, hit the hit the ground running like a, a Justin Jefferson or whatever. That doesn't mean that they have talent. But in some cases, players get drafted to teams that already have players at that position that are ahead of him. So just think about it like that. He was drafted with the Dallas Cowboys when Dallas Cowboys are basically winning Super Bowls every year or whatever. Right. Was he ever going to start over Marco Irvin? Was he ever going to start over Alvin Harper? Was he ever going to start over Kelvin Martin? Probably not. So is he considered a draft bust to the Dallas Cowboys? Probably not. You know, he carved out a career somewhere else. Now, I'm not saying we should trade Lewis C. I'm not saying that so he can get a start somewhere else. What I'm saying is sometimes you got to let players sit back and develop because the players ahead of them are already excelling and those players are going to put you in the best position to win. But so let me give you another example. I know some people say that you can't really compare basketball to football, right? We all know who Steve Nash is, right? Steve Nash was drafted in 1996 to the Phoenix Suns. Never really got a chance to play with the Phoenix Suns for two seasons. You know why? Because he was the backup to Kevin Johnson, Jason Kidd, Michael Finley, and Rex Chapman. So is Jason is is Steve Steve Nash considered a bust? No, he's a two-time MVP. He's gonna go to the Hall of Fame someday. But at that moment when he got drafted, he would be he was behind players that were already better than him ready to play and help this team win. But when he developed, he was able to help another team win, right? So all I'm saying is sometimes you really got to just, like, stop, you know, comparing a player. Oh, oh, my God, he's not playing. He's not doing this, doing this, and whatever. I really believe that Lewis Hink can be a good player in this league. I think one of the main problems with Lewis Hink is basically – him and Harry play the kind of in-the-box position. To me, I might be wrong, but I just feel like, I mean, Harrison Smith is there. He's not going to start over Harrison Smith. Cam Bynum is there. Cam Bynum has basically been a starter for the past two years. He's not going to start over him. And you can't be mad if a, a player is drafted a year ago, breaks his leg, you know, in in one of the first games of the season or whatever, and he's rehabbing his whole first season, and he comes back, and he's trying his hardest to actually get on the field and get some snaps. I mean, the guy had a compound fracture. Like, it's remarkable that he's actually even practicing right now because that ends some players' careers. But you can't be mad because he's not playing, you know, on the field right now. He's not getting defensive snaps, and you can't say he a bust or not. Because the players ahead of him are actually better right now. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with Harrison Smith next year. But hypothetically speaking, what if Harrison Smith goes somewhere else next year? Then Lewis Singh could maybe slide in to the start lineup there. But this is the time that he has under Harrison Smith to basically where he can develop. So I just gave you guys two examples. Jimmy Smith drafted in 1992 
with the Dallas Cowboys. Never got a chance to, to see the field his first season. No offensive snaps, basically special teams. Yeah, he won two Super Bowls, whatever, right? But when he actually got the chance to play and develop, he became, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars all-time best receiver. Steve Nash, for example, drafted, you know, by the Phoenix Suns in 1996. He never was going to crack the starting lineup with Jason Kidd and Kelvin Johnson. Just wasn't going to happen. It's just, just what it is sometimes. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, you know, hit the notification button. Keep this podcast running. I really appreciate it. I'm going to have another episode dropping on Monday. Let's hope the Vikings can actually get a win in the preseason. I really want to see Jaron Hall start this, the preseason and play hopefully the whole game. But thank you guys, you know, for coming out. I enjoyed you. And uh, Skull, baby. Thanks for tuning into the Skull State of Mind podcast. Take a beat to give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next time and don't forget to follow Skull State of Mind on all social media platforms to keep up with all the news and updates. Thanks again for listening and as always, Skull Vikings!